Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Marcus Kushler, Sam Grafflin-Wollatin, and Irene Nalabega to discuss how important is cybersecurity, part two. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Before we get into the topic in a bit more detail, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. So, Marcus, would you like to kick us off? Yes, thank you very much, uh, Abby. Uh, I'm Marcus Kushler, commonly referred to as Macke, and uh, today I work as uh, head of IT security at a company called Epiroc. Epiroc is a large manufacturing provider, uh, predominantly in the mining industry, but also to larger construction firms. And uh, our cash cow is a huge drill, uh, the size of a gigantic truck. Uh, where you drill holes, you put dynamite in and there's a blast and uh, you take out rock. That's what, uh, and refurbish it into metals, etc. Um, uh, I've been here for one year. Uh, I have spent the last 20 years working with the security and IT topics at uh, both Saab, a Swedish defense manufacturer, and before that I spent 12 years also at Ericsson. And when I was young and strong, I worked as a police officer for 12 years in Stockholm. And I'm still active as reserve officer these days. So I have a, an engagement with the Swedish Armed Forces. And um, in my spare time, I like uh, all kinds of sports and uh, outdoor activities. So I'm going Vasaloppet on uh, Sunday. So cheer me up for that one. I'm a bit nervous for that. But uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Thank you, Marcus. Um, Sam, would you like to go next? Sure. Uh, why not? Uh, thank you, Abby. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, thank you, Irene, uh, for, for being in this meeting. So uh, I'm Sam from valentin I am currently working as uh, Head of Information Security at Swedbank. Swedbank, uh, as you might know, it's uh, one of the largest banks uh, in Sweden. It's one of the largest banks in all of Scandinavia and the Baltics. And in the Baltics, which which uh, the Baltic countries, Swedbank um, is sort of it's 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 the largest bank there. It's their most uh, prominent uh, employer brand, and so on. So. Uh, in those countries, uh, we have a bit more prom uh, we're a bit more prominent than we are in Sweden. Anyway, information security governance. So I'm a part of Group Information Security at Swedbank. Uh, I've been here for uh, two and a half years um, or so. Before that, uh, I uh, worked as a consultant at PwC uh, with the cybersecurity. Uh, I was a team manager there. I was a market leader. Uh, worked a lot with the financial sector, cyber risk management, cyber governance, and so on. Before that, I spent some time at a company called 4C Strategies. I think they went to they went public last year, so congratulations to them. Uh, that's a risk and crisis management company uh, uh, that sort of is an advisor in one end and software uh, provider on the other hand. And uh, starting off my career in 2010, I worked at a company called Capgemini, so a big IT management consulting firm. So I'm an engineer uh, uh, from the university and I also have a business degree. Uh, I actually, at the moment, I live in the countryside outside of uh, Eskilstuna. Uh, Moved there from Stockholm in 2020 uh, during the peak of the pandemic. So uh, I have three kids. Uh, we have horses and sheep and, and dogs and whatnot and more to come. Uh, try to stay in the office as much as I can. 
in Sundby Bay. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's a bit about me. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Thank you, Thank you Sam. Yeah, and then, last but not least, Irene. Yes. So I'm Irene Nalvega, also working in cybersecurity, uh, like the other panelists. Although I must say I am the insider outsider because much as I've worked in IT for the past 12 years ish, I've mostly worked in uh, different, uh, you know, IT organizations like um, uh, project management or uh, a um, things that are really outside cybersecurity, IT operations, for example. So uh, I've been in cybersecurity for a year and a half. Uh, so with that perspective within the IT operations, it's very interesting to see what's inside the, uh, what I like to call the black hole. I, before joining cybersecurity, I worked in uh, various other industries um, before uh, the current company that I work in, which is uh, consumer goods. I worked within uh, the legal industry, uh, the solar energy industry, and uh, nonprofits. Um, so it's a little bit of a mission mash uh, with, within my experience uh, around that. And uh, what do I do in cybersecurity today? I focus on uh, governance, uh, streamlining security processes, uh, the way they work together to, you know, provide value in a very efficient way. Uh, performance metrics, how do we measure security performance within the organization, uh, and so on and so forth around that. In my free time, I like to take long walks. Uh, I enjoy a good book and a nice podcast uh, or just live sports and cheer on the things that I like. So pretty much uh, that's it uh, from my side. And thanks for having me. Really happy to be here with the rest of the crew. Lovely. Well, now that we've got a context to each of you, we'll move on to the topic in focus. <laughs> so you've all prepared a question on how important is cybersecurity? And as usual, we'll work our way around the room where you can each ask your questions and give your thoughts. So the first up is you, Marcus, and you asked how important, um, how is cybersecurity reflected in your business plan? So tell us a bit more about your question. Yeah, uh, well, uh, it, it, it's first of all, it's it's spot on and directly related to my current uh, employer. Um, but b before I go into that, uh, I, I think you need to zoom out a little bit because we, we see a lot of uh, within the entire manufacturing uh, uh, industries that uh, in the past we supplied goods, we produced and we manufactured stuff, machines often of different sorts. And uh, of course, these days, these machines have a lot of sensors on them and we collect data. So we are gradually moving in the direction of uh, not anymore in this near future selling products, but we sell a service. So as a service is, is coming as a theme in, in many industries and eventually it will pick up speed in the mining industry, just as it already had done in many uh, industries. And when you sell a service, um, the, the way to um, uh, further develop uh, your uh, business added value is about gaining the customer's trust to share their data with you. And then we refurbish the data at home in some big AI lake with all sorts of cool stuff and analytics. And we produce an added value that we then give the customer back, which we want to send an invoice for. So we want to be paid for the pro this process. And in order to come to that stage, and we are right, right there here at Epiroc in the mining industry, we want our customers to share their data with us via our installed machines. We don't only have drill rigs, we have a number of different machines as well serving the mining industry. Because if we can get all that data uh, back to us and do this magic crunching, we can actually provide the customer with a lot of insights on how to optimize their operation. And I would lie if I said that, will it help ourselves? to further develop our products and services 
of course. But that in is, is also in itself an expectation from our customers that the new update, the new launch should be, should be something that they have a lot of value of. So I think for that reason, when drafting a business plan today and reflecting on your journey going from manufacturing stuff to eventually consider delivering at a service and your need for continuous input on how to further develop as well as provide the customer an added business value to take to choose you as their supplier Cybersecurity will be key. Essential security mechanisms are needed to be demonstrated on day one in order for a customer to say that, yes, the holy grail for us feels safe to be shared with you because you will now get a lot of insights on how good or not so good we operate our business. And we, and we are going to share that with you and then you are going to be allowed to come back with your feedback. <laughs> that is a very essential trust element in here. And it's to establish that trust element. Cybersecurity is a key foundation for, for, for enabling and being able to execute on your business plan. If you're in the... Yeah, in this sort of business uh, where you are a manufacturer of things. So that 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 is my first take on this topic. <laughs> and now I'm very curious uh, to, to, to Sam and Irene's reflections here. I, uh, Marcus, very interesting take on it. And I can actually, even though the financial industry and, and banking is it's, uh, somewhat different, uh, we, we share definitely similar challenges one of the things that i, I that caught my caught my attention it's not i mean it, it it must not only be about sharing the data right but then if you have your sensors if you have your software if you have your i don't know infrastructure in their house uh, that needs to be safe as well so it's yes. not only it's not only about protecting the factory. Mm. Uh, it, it it's also about you know it's not a one-off to make sure that the, the thing that comes out of your factory is secure. It's about continuously assuring that that it's also safe within their sort of environment or in their context. So so how do you think about that? I I think that is a very valid comment, Sam. Um, the, 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 it is a bit less uh, problematic, uh, however, for the customer, because the customer can put up uh, in RFPs, etc. They can put hard security requirements. Uh, they can have, uh, you need to certify your product, your solution yeah. in this manner and fashion. So. Of course, it is a, a step to, to be allowed to install your connected devices and have the API exchanges plugged into the customer's infrastructure. Uh, but there, I feel that many customers are becoming more comfortable mm -hmm. by placing preset requirements uh, on a provider and, and feel, so to say, safe to bring them in. So, but I, I definitely agree, you, ca you cannot start to fail there and, and have promised things or shown a very limited and badly scoped uh, ISO certificate, <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, or something like that. that. That will not work, of course, but it is part of the ecosystem to think to, to include cybersecurity in your business plan because it, it can be big hurdles in itself to meet very rapidly increasing customer demands for your products and commercial solutions per se regarding cybersecurity. That this is a challenge in itself to, 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 to be able to do that. It is, however, 
the 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 real magic in this new way of doing business and 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 feeding the the ecosystem so to say the, the magic is to be allowed to to extract the data out from there and to refurbish it at home um and do it with speed and accuracy and an ability to feed back into the operations and and suddenly that data leaves the customer's control and it goes into a totally different entity where they don't have any oversight. They cannot look on, on exactly where that data resides within our company, not yet. <laughs> the technology is not really there. So it's, then it becomes a matter of crucial trust when you reach that phase. But it's a great comment, Sam. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I wanted to, to, to add, or probably, I don't know if it also could be a question, you mentioned how is uh, cybersecurity uh, reflected in the business plan, right? Because at the, I think one of the things that security teams fail at, at least from my, you know, outside in perspective is tying uh, our objectives to the business objectives, right? Uh, you, you have talked about protecting the consumer's data, even you know, uh, through connected products while they're at home. Uh, and I think we try, we often do express our need for investment in very, very technical terms. Uh, and, I, and I think that if this value is communicated uh, in a way that is reflected in, in a business language that can easily be uh, saleable to you know the business that will pay for this in the end. Um, I, I think that could be a very easy way to reflect it uh, if there is a need for some form of investment uh, in, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, but I, yes, it's a it's a very good uh, very good uh, comment there, uh, Irene. Um, and um, I mean, and, and and then you can ask yourself, okay, how how do you push for for these kind of things? Given our professions working, mm -hmm. so to say, in the inside from the from that corner or that angle towards communications, HR, finance, strategists, and then you, how do you get, you know, the, 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 the road in? Mm -hmm. There are some possibilities here. Um, you can, for example, uh, ask for white papers to be produced on cybersecurity. Uh, then you get a, a team up internally that you know because now we're talking sales and marketing so and and then there there already there you are starting to to push the boundaries for what type of influence uh, you want as a representative working with cybersecurity insisting on that okay we should produce a white paper how we work with security uh, and 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 now you're you're getting into that arena, so to say, where sales and marketing people they will say yes, our customers they ask so many questions about cybersecurity, and everything. So of course we should produce a white paper. Okay, so in this version of the white paper, if we are, have this as a starting phase, we can put only these things in. We cannot say anything more uh, on cybersecurity because then we, we would be lying. Would you like to say more on how we work with cybersecurity in Epiroc? Oh yes, we would. And, and suddenly you, you, you come from that angle and get commitment from the business side to join you on a journey where we actually strengthen capabilities across okay. the operations, you know? Um, uh, yes. Now, Sam, you had uh, another follow-up here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. You, the ball started rolling, and then I sort of, I sort of uh, caught the chance to to do it again. But I would like to say that uh, this notion of, you know. Getting our customers to be more, you know, uh, allowing us to access their data. I mean, in banking, definitely, that's it's been that that's that's banking business. Yeah. But mm. we have it a bit reversed because there's a notion that you might have heard that's called open banking that sort of forces uh, 
particularly uh, the, the larger uh, players uh, in the financial industry to open up a bit more, to allow other minor companies, fintechs and so on, to be able to digest and integrate with us uh, mm -hmm. to sort of build upon uh, new, new kinds of services. So we're, from, from our perspective, we have that angle as well, that we sort of we need to be open, we need to keep bank secrecy, we need to adhere to X, Y and Z regulation, but uh, we need to do it in a safe way uh, and so on. Um, but I, what, one of the things with regards to you know uh, re really trying here that you're that you're on to the, the white paper the white paper discussion I think um, again the banking industry has has historically been you know quite quite close or quite uh, you know uh, secretive. <laughs> Um, so so it, it's it's still the case that that you know uh, we we like to follow rules. It's important, but we all know that uh, when 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 there's when we're hit by a cyber attack, then then sort of word of advice is always to you know be transparent mm -hmm. of what's going on, communicate mm -hmm. that, and so mm -hmm. on. So if we look at other uh, other other financial in, uh, other financial uh, institutions across Europe, uh, you might it's more easily to, to find out uh, how they work with business continuity, with incident management, how they report things, uh, how they do cybersecurity more openly than we can see in the Nordics. Okay. So I think we are we are taking steps in that direction. But what 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 I can say is that this is this is a personal reflection. I don't know if this is the case, but. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think there, there's a resistance in saying that we all the, do we do all these great things. Well, <laughs> well, we don't make in we don't provide any guarantees that we're still safe. Mm. So and, mm -hmm. and and in our business that's always the case. So I think there's a bit of a resistance in in, in being too open about this. But I totally agree, Marcus. We would like to do all of that to not only uh, you know internally but also be more outspoken towards our customers and our partners and so on. So a really interesting point there. Mm. No, uh, no, uh, and I mean, I, 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 I definitely um, uh, recollect uh, situations uh, in the in the past when um, when 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 you are <clears throat> hit with something bad. Uh, in your operations, an incident, uh, a major incident, and uh, the, the the struggle, the difficulty, the headache, the pain in the stomach, uh, what to tell the communications department, what to put up on our web page, and 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 all of that, and uh, but. But then we are we are kind of also missing the other trend, and I think, like like you said here in the Nordic Sam, and, and I don't think it's unique for the banking industry. We are moving to more transparency. That, given the the wealth of cyber threats, uh, sooner or later you will be hit, one way or another. Um, so I think. I mean, I, I'm just thinking, I, and I think that actually the Swedish local counties uh, that have been recently been targeted by different ransomware, they are actually in the forefront when it comes to talking about transparency. Uh, there are some really great examples just the last year where, where they go out and they communicate. This has happened. It's really bad. Uh, but we are not uh, going to pay. We are going to meddle through this one. Uh, bear with us. We're doing our best, and and they have actually come back with increased uh, confidence from the local communities. People say that I trust my politicians and 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 the 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 the, the county's leadership more after this crisis. So I think somewhere here. There is hope for, for a more transparent way of talking also when things does not go as desired. But then, of course, your ability to handle that situation and, and communicate openly and transparent will be judged and assessed from many different stakeholders, not only the owners. The board will definitely, definitely see it. But... There will be lots of stakeholders assessing your ability to go through a crisis, but it can actually be a, 
so to say, a positive, you, you can leave a very positive mark in your market if you handle also bad things in a really good way. Isn't it so, guys, that it's it's the actual crisis, it's the experienced crisis, and it's the communicated crisis, right? That's exactly what that's that's exactly what you're saying. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good with input. Regards, with regards to the business plan, I mean, uh, I think. Uh, without being too too transparent, uh, coming from the banking industry, I can say that uh, there's an annual process to deal with the business strategy and strategic direction, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's an infrastructure around that within Swedbank. And I think it's quite it's somewhat open. You can read about it a bit uh, on our our webpage. But uh, a part of that is information security and cybersecurity, definitely. And we we on one hand we we leverage that when we do our sort of tweaking of our security strategy and our and our and our plans. But and but we try we try to. To take that into account, that's one way. But the other thing that we try to d- take, obviously, is the threat, the threat landscape. So, number one is business enablement, and number two, uh, uh, the risk landscape. You know, our ability to reduce and ma- ma- mitigate risk. And the third one is, uh, are there any new requirements that we need to deal with? You know. Yeah new regulations and new expectations and so on. So those three are the cornerstones of how we need to interpret uh, what we need to do. So it's sort of it's it's a reciprocal uh, uh, relationship. So we, we we get stuff from the business strategy and what they need to do, but then you know, given what has happened and what what may what may come, uh, there's a there's a possibility for us to influence that in the other way around. So I think it, it, it's a tennis match in in one sense, and to be honest, I also think that. In order for us to truly be there, I think we talked about what are the different questions that we could have. But if, if we tr- if we truly want to be there to measure to the extent that we contribute to the realization of the business plan, uh, it's about you know uh, commitment. It's about awareness. Uh, it's about for us uh, explaining what are the benefits that we can bring about. Yeah. So yeah. and th- that's a journey that you know since this the, when I started three years ago and when I was mm-hmm. a consultant here, mm-hmm. I could see that we have made steps in the right direction, mm-hmm. and hopefully in a few years we can actually measure the true value creation uh, at the customer end. Uh, well, but we're not th- we're not yeah. there yet. we're not there yet. No, but that, that that's a very good and ambitious goal to have to reach that state. Yeah. And maybe just to piggyback a, a little bit on what uh, Sam has mentioned, sorry, but the names are skipping me here, um, is uh, again a reflection on how we're doing that as well. Much as I cannot really reveal my employer, but a, we are on a journey of moving from you know business to business to direct to consumer. So one way of basically you know ensuring that cybersecurity is incorporated is if we do want to have uh, consumer you know direct interaction with our consumers, then cybersecurity is definitely something that we have to sell as part of that. You know protecting their data uh, at home and away, right? Uh, and and I think that you know we are on that journey doing that, and I think more and more cybersecurity's importance has become even more aware when it comes to uh, consumers being involved. I think it's easier to sell in this way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you 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 can you can look at the down detector or whatever. You can see the the the, the large providers of societal infrastructure. Uh, you can follow them how they're doing in terms of downtime and so on, including the big banks. And sometimes stuff happens mm-hmm. at big banks, and you can access your bank account or bank ID is not working and so on. Uh, but to be honest, I'm not necessarily. I don't think that the the experience of, of loss of services for a few hours is the big problem for us. The big thing for us in my, in my sector and similar, the, the, being such a big play as as we are, it's the increased regulatory scrutiny and requirements on us. You know, we need to measure the extent. 
that we can can mitigate and and still thrive during a major cyber attack we need to do that more or less continuously in real time we're not we, we don't have those requirements now but that is where we are heading so that is the big challenge for us when it comes to aligning us to business strategy so this notion of resilience i mean that is core business for any big bank or uh, today Yes, we we provide loans and mortgages and whatever, but that is core business and you know being resilient over time, whatever happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, you talked about the municipalities and local authorities. I think they are in the same. I mean, they also provide critical services to society, but they're in the same business. But we, the sort of. I think it's a bit clearer for, for the banking industry at this moment, what, what is expected and so on. I, I think it's clear, just like Irene said, that now, now you guys are, are, are opening up uh, with, with business models uh, directly targeting end customers. Uh, and I think the, the, the resilience aspects, when you offer something digital to, to end consumers, mm -hmm. uh, that has matured quite well, understanding the, the relevancy of, of, of that type of resilience. I represent a classical B2B company. Uh, our resilience is not uh, perhaps our homepage, because nobody goes there and buys stuff. <laughs> you know, or interact with us that way. We will get the resilience impact when we have gotten to a state where the continuous flow of data going back and forth from our customers is totally ingrained with how our cost customers operate their business. Then even small interruptions will be uh, will be seen as uh, quite severe. So so we are getting by all of our connected solutions and products and platforms, we will get uh, we will probably be be having more the look and feel that you already facing uh, serving and uh, customers. Uh, my, my assessment mm. for for the future. But what about have you considered the thoughts around you know supply and excuse me supply chain attacks? Even though you know you're within B two B, I think nowadays this is on the rise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that that is definitely a valid attack vector to 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 keep working on, uh, definitely. So yeah, um, well, all right. Yeah, we'll move on to the second question now from you, Irene. And you asked, is the perceived secrecy around cybersecurity and the police reputation of security teams hindering the full organisation from understanding the importance of cybersecurity? So tell us a bit more about your question. Thank you for that. Now, I'm really happy about the fact that this question is coming now because um, Marcus and Sam touched on very important aspects already around transparency. They lingered on that quite a bit and uh, mitigation and uh, resilience, right? One of the reasons why I asked this question is because I think we can all agree that the reason why we do cybersecurity in, in, in the first place is that it's really about the money, right? We want to protect companies' assets. We want to uh, protect, uh, you know, user data because, you know, we are susceptible to a large fine maybe, uh, or maybe we're going to pay millions in ransomware attacks or, um, you know, whatever the case, it's, it really goes back to the money. Mm. And while that's the case, I think that, at least this is my observation, uh, what I think or see is that not everybody really understands that they have a part to play in, in cybersecurity. We keep saying that, you know, cybersecurity is everybody's role. It's, you know, you as a regular employee or a customer and user and so on. It is your role. And yet, uh, I don't think that is this sort of... Um, message we give when we act as uh, the police or when we act like very, very secretive, uh, you know, half the time, you know, many times security becomes an afterthought, right? Like you you see development teams uh, running off and then later on you discover, oh, you know, the, the, this code is not safe. And, and that has, of course, led to the rise in practices like, you know, DevSecOps simply because more and more we need to embed security, you know, in the day-to-day -day in the development. 
And because we see that if it's everybody's role to uh, to protect the organization, you know, in whatever capacity, you know, why is it that uh, you, there is still this secrecy, this lack of transparency? Uh, and I think that's where my question really comes from. And if you agree that this is really the case, how can you know organizations be better at uh, being transparent? Like you uh, uh, earlier on said, how do you filter? what's important to communicate, what's not com uh, to communicate, but still let people understand, you know, what their role is, and uh, you know, in, in that sense. Okay. I have two thoughts. <laughs> I think, uh, uh, I mean, I think uh, we, we struggle with that a bit as well. I mean, being a specialist function, yes, it's uh, confidential stuff that we're dealing with. <laughs> Uh, and and so on, but I think we're opening up a bit about. I think uh, since I started, I established a, uh, or we established uh, an awareness and culture team. So we have a dedicated team now that sort of their job is to counter mm -hmm. that. So there are four, I think four people now. So that's that's what they do. <laughs> Uh, really, really well. Uh, they just won an award. This an hour before we go, where they went into nice. this podcast, they won, <laughs> nice. won an award. Fantastic. Uh, Spain off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. So kudos to them. But uh, so that's one thing that we as. Uh, uh, professionals and specialists, we need to be better at, you know, just speaking in another language. I think that's mm. that's one way uh, to make sense, you know, make sense of the complex and and the, and, the, and the hard stuff. So I think that's the journey we're we're all on, and and you can you you cannot do that too much. Number two that I'm thought thought about is that let's just look at how all companies are working with uh, environmental protection and why how do how do we work more environmental friendly and so on and it's so implemented in the values in the strategy mm. in the way that we we recycle at the office you know all the time so when we look at for example our management system or how our strategy is implemented you know how did they, those guys did it? It's hmm. seamless. No one knows what, you know, who are they? What do they do? What are their policies look like? No one knows, but it's there, it's working, it's certified, and we all do it. Yeah, that's fair. So, so, so they've done something right. And I think yeah. they actually, to give, to give them a bit of a credit, they did a really good job, but I think they've had longer time for, mm -hmm. you know, to influence the idea in all of our heads, you know, mm. since the 60s. This is sort of a new topic and it takes, mm. it's uh, it's longer processes and it's more inertia, if, if, the, if that's the word, right? It's a lot slower than we imagine, you know, than we would want it to be. Uh, a comment there, Sam. Uh, okay, I, I, I agree. I, I'm also amazed uh, the, on, on the, the level of uh, influence, uh, how should I say, the, the CRN sustainability teams have, have received uh, during just the last couple of years. But uh, I, I just want to put one caution into this, and that is that um, th they come from a platform where if you can if you can demonstrate if you can prove that you are good at sustainability it's a plus okay it's a plus mm -hmm. it can be a really good plus but the consequence if you don't show those figures if you if you don't uh, if you don't are are very active in that area they are still not playing the security game because uh, they have not yet been challenged enough i would say for not fulfilling certain uh, energy savings, uh, recycling efforts, etc. Uh, they, they are still in the upper trajectory in terms of getting their arena in place and getting credit for that, and that is awesome. So, I, I, I think that is. But, but Marcus, yeah. what what the. We've already have all the environmental crisis during the last 30, 40 years. So maybe they've had their big ransomware attacks already. So that's why we can see it. Yeah, absolutely. But um, but going back to you, Irene, and, and, and thinking of, uh, you know, the, the secrecy and the police uh, perception 
of how the security function works. Like, does it? Could we benefit from being more transparent? Okay. Definitely. But I'd say it, it's very different from different employees. It can be down to different departments because what I reckon is that if if you are good at celebrating mistakes in general. Uh, security benefits from that sort of culture because any security function, IT, co corporate, uh, physical, uh, infosec, I mean, we play the general cultural game at the company. So if the company culture is that uh, we never say when anything goes bad, uh, we try not even to draw any lessons learned because that's boring and it's not fun. Uh, we are very keen to portray uh, a, a good picture of our that, that yeah then of course in such a culture you cannot come as a security manager and say hey uh, three bad things happened last week let's all uh, sit down and draw the necessary lessons learned around that uh, so I think, I think the openness and the recognition of that it is perfectly fine to fail and do mistakes in your innovation efforts, in your business transformation. If that is in place, I find that you have good soil to also open up uh, the security box for, for more for more insights and with providing more openness. Uh, you know, we've had these incidents. How should we limit them from recurring or, or happening again? So, so, so basically, you know, I see this as related uh, a bit from a company culture side, uh, how you deal with, uh, yeah. But definitely, I, to... I agree with you. We, we should be more, we, we, we can do more in terms of generating transparency and, and taking the secret uh, away around our uh, our line of business. A bit of a follow-up here. If you reflect uh, once more, what do you think is safe to, to open up about? You know, uh, you did highlight, we went through an incident like this, how can we avoid it and so on. What do you think is safe to communicate about when it if if we want to attempt to be a little bit more transparent. You, you, people do wrong things in the organization all the time and they get fired. Very few employers let the, the remaining 10,000 or 20,000 know that uh, a manager uh, has uh, recently been found out for doing internal fraud. We fired him or her. Mm. Uh, you, very seldom you see that on the intranet. Now that is taking it perhaps to the point very fast, but I think it, it is in, in, in that sense you can see that when people do wrong things, do we take remedy actions? Uh, when people do wrong things for uh, not having done anything criminal or, or, or against our corporate values, they, just, they were just unlucky. You know, they, they, they aimed for the stars and reached to the trees. Uh, let's talk about it. What did we learn from that? Those aspects, uh, I think, are quite interesting to reflect upon, uh, especially when you come into a new employer and, and you, you what's in the walls here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think uh, you know we, we we report to the board to the board uh, all the time to to the top management and to authorities. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there is um, uh, we talked about white papers before, you know, mm -hmm. white papers for 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 uh, the sort of the external audience. But I think uh, I mean white paper. I think that's one of the things that our awareness teams are doing. You know, white papers for the common employee, you know, uh, how is it easy? We talked about security is everyone's business, right? And that's a, a you know, but I think uh, 
how do we make this interesting? How do we? I think. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it's mm. a it, it's a um, it's a complex, it's a hard, it's a scary area, but it's also quite exciting. It's you know what, what's uh, cybersecurity? What's that about? Yeah. What's mm -hmm. going on? Yeah. Uh, so I think we can leverage that. It's quite cool, mm. you know, um, in, in, so on. So so I think uh, they they are going to that. Um, they are going into that area into trying to you know demystify it a bit, but in a fun in a fun mm. way mm. Uh, and and be more open, not necessarily revealing KPIs and KRIs no. to everyone, mm. but but uh, in a more sort of Winnie the Pooh level kind of language. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I also think there that uh, that I mean the cybersecurity area is quite relevant also from your personal private perspective. Sure. So if you can come up with uh, awareness trainings or um, tools, uh, games, or, or whatever you 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 put on the intranet that uh, is uh, more one to one matching your private personal situation you know you should not only use mfa when logging into the corporate computer you should have mfa to your gmail account hello i mean so, so yeah. sweat, sweat sweat bank Swedbank will say then for the benefit of their employees, they will say, well, not only we'll give you a discount on your insurance, we will also improve your security awareness, uh, okay. which is also on nice. cyber insurance in that regard. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it's a joke, but uh, I mean, that's, that's, where you're, that's where you're heading at, Marcus. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heading that way. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that could be a good way to to open up the the plethora and, mm. and uh, in, in involving more uh, by, by by giving them useful stuff like, like you know HLR uh, heart lung uh, uh, what is it <laughs> heart and lung. Uh, What's it called? CPR. CPR, oh, I mean. CPR, yeah. CPR. And you get that sometimes at your workplace and get some emergency on how to wrap a bandage around someone that is bleeding and so forth. Excellent skills that, you know, you feel that, hey, it feels a little bit better to be out on the highway driving here with my family in case I run into something or, you know, because then I am somewhat equipped and I, I might not totally panic. I might be able to do something, you know, to, to, to help out. Uh, and I think we can do things there in the cybersecurity area as well uh, to have that in mind, how we equip them in their private life. Well, we'll move on to your question next, Sam. And you mm -hmm. asked, how can good cybersecurity give us an edge? So tell us more about your question. Well, I think uh, Marcus, where, uh, you know, Marcus' question in the beginning really sort of um, tapped into that space. Uh, I think uh, I also sort of reflected on it a bit in my response to that question. And that means that uh, uh, so we try to convince uh, our stakeholders that security is important because you know that's you know that's our purpose here and mm. we 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 try to take steps into you know how do we support the business in a good way how do we support the the transformation of of swedbank in terms of market in terms of operational excellency in terms of improved uh, ability to meet compliance requirements etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, I think one of the things that we are looking into, as I said before, how how can we show that we help the bank meet its sort of, let's say, top 10 goals throughout a number of years uh, uh, in the future? So how do we do that? How do we actually do the numbers game in showing that the investments that we do, the risk mitigations that we uh, are spending time on, uh, how can we do that sort of business case uh, and really actually maybe help us to increase our market share? Um, it's a long shot, but along that journey, we learn ways to 
you know, uh, justify what we want to do and uh, sort of spread accountability and make other functions and business areas and take their responsibility in, in a better way. So they sort of, as we learn to be more business oriented, they also learn, okay, so then it makes sense to me to really do this on my area. So that's sort of where we are at the moment, but I think it's relevant for all, any security function, you know, how do we show uh, that we actually add value, maybe actually at the bottom line, uh, yeah. You know, I have a, a reflection, but also is like a question somehow. Do you think getting um, anyone to understand why you do basically the, the investments that you make, why you make them, do you think it would take a competitor falling for anyone to really understand um, that, oh, we should do this because we don't want to be like X company, for, for example, right? Because you do, you did say something around uh, increasing, for example, you have a good share price because uh, you have gained the trust of maybe your customers or your shareholders and so on, but it's not visible, right? That it's because you have a good cybersecurity that you, you have that, right? Mm -hmm. So if it turns out that company X, which is your competition, failed, hence, you know, their market mm. share price went down. In other words, what I'm trying to ask is, do you think it's harder to sell if nothing bad happens? I think uh, I think you're on to something. I think, uh, unfortunately, we're, we're I think we are in that state of mind. Like you know, mm -hmm. if nothing happens, then we're we're, we're fine. Uh, but uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to to justify the investment for things that are there to protect and mitigate things that mm -hmm. might not happen. And that's the sort of uh, catch twenty two of our business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, however, I. I uh, as um, uh, however, I think it's not necessarily so that I see that the 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 consumer uh, or the the the, the consumer uh, the consumer our customers that are consumers. I don't think it's the mass of them that necessarily are the tipping point there. It's probably other types, honestly, other types of customers or partners that. Uh, uh, more easily would appreciate and select us due to mm -hmm. our prominence in cybersecurity. I mean, the yeah. consumer would say, mm -hmm. "My, I can access my bank accounts, but a, a prominent partner, uh, you know, th they have another lens uh, in evaluating whether we are a good partner or not, mm -hmm. or or a big corporate customer, for example, that do different kind of due diligence than just." Uh, exchanging mortgage rates and uh, counting uptime of the internet bank and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think there, not necessarily anything that bad bad needs to happen, but that's that's where I see it's easier for us to justify and can show mm -hmm. the connection between the investments that we do. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, your ambition uh, on um, getting close uh, to to to. Um, understanding and possibly measuring the impact of uh, cybersecurity in relation to successful business execution is great. Uh, it's easier for, for us in the business-to-business -business environment to do that. And I was just thinking about, we did a, a couple of quite large procurements where we were on the buying side uh, last year at Ebrock. And uh, it was around enhancing our security operation center capabilities. So we looked for new software. We looked for a managed security service, uh, security service provider. And Eventually, we selected software, we selected an MSSP, but quite a number of the software providers that had been part of the process, the bidding process and the RFP and the interviews, as well as the MSSP, they came back and they asked for feedback. Uh, why didn't you choose us? And we could give them that information. Why didn't you choose us? And, 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 and we have mm. the same possibility to our customers, much easier business to business. Why did you buy from us? 
Mm. I mean, once the contract is signed, it's yeah. a you were cheapest. Okay, that that mm. could be one answer. Another can say you are really strong in cybersecurity. And that, that was the tipping point for not choosing, for, for, for you being on top. So, so we have, and, and, and I'm quite fascinated by your approach there, uh, Sam, because it wouldn't be that hard for us to include that in the lessons mm. learned because all the key account teams at, at uh, Eperoc, of course, they want to know why did we get that business? Yeah. Why, why were we chosen? Or why were we not chosen? And to have some cybersecurity related question in that, that we could actually measure. What, what type of impact does that have in yeah. our offerings? That was my point on sort of comparison the consumer compared to the corporate yeah. customer. So your yeah. the, the due diligence part is, is definitely something because as you say, we are doing that ourselves to our third parties. Yeah. And I think there, there are two things here where we can actually support our business. One is the proficiency in, you know, signing new contracts with partners. You know, look how good we are. The other one is the process of showing, you know, understanding this is how good we are. Mm -hmm. Can we rationalize the process of millions of spreadsheets, documents and interviews? Can we do that faster? Can we do that more streamlined? That's also a business objective to be more cost efficient. So it's not only improving the security capabilities, I think that we can sort of work on, but it's also, you know, all the, you know, the cost of assurance, for mm. example, automating assurance. That's, it's in, my, in our case, it's millions that we can sort of save in, in terms of streamlining that, n not needing to respond to all of the re questionnaires that we okay. receive, uh, be, be sort of in the driver's seat of that conversation with all the partners, potential customers and so on. Uh, so I think that that's another uh, added value that we can bring. So we could actually save money by being more secure and because we will be more secure if we are better at understanding how good we are. Yeah. Exactly. You touched something really important there, Sam, like how do we end up not being the ones in the driver's seat? And I think it goes back to sharing accountability in the responsibility or, or, or maybe sharing the responsibility of security, right? Uh, so that, you know, you don't have to be the one doing all the assessments, the assurance and, and all of that. And I think the more aware everybody, you know, gets, uh, the, you know, the more efficient in the end, I think. At least that's my reflection. Brilliant. Well, I'm just a bit conscious of time, guys. Do you have time to answer the how important is cybersecurity question? Or does anyone have anything that they need to go to now? Are you happy to hang on for a few more minutes? Yep. Yeah, you're all you're all in the flow now. <laughs> um, well, we'll answer the question of the actual podcast topic then. So, what are your guys' final thoughts, or what are your thoughts on how important is cybersecurity? Fundamental, uh, based on uh, the outlook of uh, the business plan at my current employer. It's a fundamental cornerstone. Uh, to, to achieve what we want to do within the industry within the next four to five years. Fundamental, I would say. I think my personal reflection as well, going back to the business plan, is that, like I mentioned in the beginning, it's all about the money, right? It, it's keeping that money in the company that is not, you know, not lost to malicious attacks, not lost in fines and so on. So just with that at the back of everybody's mind that we do cybersecurity because we want to protect and save money. For me, that drives the importance home. I think, uh, as, as, as you both said, I think uh, it's, uh, it's fundamental to what we are trying to achieve uh, in our company. Uh, I think what I would like to see is other I would like to see the important part for the important part for me is to make sure that the ones who decide really say this is 
important for me in achieving our goals. I'm not the one to tell how important mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I want to be. I don't need to tell our CEO that. I think mm-hmm. I don't have to. I think he knows. But I would want him to be the one saying exactly what you said, Marcus. It's mm-hmm. absolutely fundamental. Uh, I think it's there. But I think my job is to make sure that he says it like, I don't know, every five minutes in all his keynotes or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he will soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Does anyone have any other final thoughts on the topic or any other questions they want to ask? No. Pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah, pleasure. You? Really good got some nice, nice insights and ideas. So thank you very much. Good. Well, we'll leave the podcast there. This has been another episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Marcus, Sam and Irene for providing your insights into the topic. And thank you to the listeners as well. If you want to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at abby.stokes at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.